Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We're looking at the issue of suffering. And the reality is, my friends, is that suffering is a part of our lives. In fact, you may want to write these down. Here's two, two realities that you need to understand. We are all going to suffer in some way. That is a reality. The other reality is, is that God doesn't promise to take your suffering away. Now that's a hard one for us. Because isn't that what we do when we go to God? We go to Him and we, we want Him to take away our suffering. But nowhere in the Bible are you going to find a promise where suffering will be taken away in this life. There is a promise in the Scripture that says when we go to be with Him in heaven, there will be no more suffering. But the reality in this life is is that we're going to suffer and He doesn't promise to take it away from us. But what He does do is He tells us that He will help us in ways to endure the suffering to get through the suffering. He doesn't promise to take it away. But He does promise to help us with it. And in one specific area, and this is what we're going to look at today, that God does promise to help us, is is He promises to help us by giving us wisdom, giving us understanding to deal with the suffering, to deal with the problems that we're facing, to deal with the hurts, and to deal with whatever it is that you're facing right now that is a struggle for you. God does promise to give us wisdom. And let's be honest, we need wisdom, don't we? When you think about the things we face, when you think about the struggles we go through, the hurts, the pain, a lot of times when we face situations, what's the first thing we say? The first thing that comes out of our mouth is, I don't know how I'm what going to get through this. And the issue is knowing how to get through it. And God will give you the wisdom. So I want you to notice with me, James chapter 1, we're looking at verse 2 through verse 8. James is writing, let me give you a little bit of background before we read here. This is James, the half-brother of Jesus, the pastor of the Jerusalem church. He's writing, we see this in verse 1, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. He's writing to Jewish Christians who had undergone severe persecution in Jerusalem and were spread out then. Remember, from the book of Acts, they were spread out. The authorities decided to persecute the Christians and they were spread out and forced out. Actually, God used that so that they would begin to share the gospel outside of Jerusalem. And so he's writing that these are people who have undergone hard times, who are going through hard times right now. And I want you to notice what he says to them as their pastor. He says this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work in you, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, tossed, driven and tossed by the wind. For let no man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable 
in all of his ways. First thing I want you to notice we see there in verse 2 is an encouragement. An encouragement to us. Now, as we look at this encouragement, I'm going to warn you, you're going to look at this and you're going to say, he's crazy. He can't be serious. Notice what he says in verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it joy when you have problems. Here's what he's saying. Choose to be joyful in your suffering. James is not asking you to do the impossible here. Because a lot of you are saying, man, you don't know what just has happened to me. You don't know what I'm going through right now. You don't understand the depths of the struggle. You don't understand the pain in my life. And this guy is telling me that I need to count it joy? I need to be happy about that? I can't be happy. I'm angry. Or I'm hurt. Or I'm sad. Come on! Listen, here's what he's saying to you. And it's an issue that's very important. He's saying to you, that, listen, in the midst of what you're going through, you have a choice to make. And you have to choose how you're going to respond to the suffering. You're going to have to choose how you're going to react to what's going on in your life. And here's the choice you have to make. You have a choice to be angry. And this is what a lot of people do. They'll be angry. They get angry at God. God, why are you letting me happen? I don't want to have anything to do with you. What If you're good, why is this happening to me? And they shake a fist at him. Or you can choose to find joy. You can choose to find joy in the midst of your pain. You can choose to find joy in the midst of your struggle. You can choose to find joy. That's the point here. Count it all joy. He's encouraging us to find joy in the midst of your pain. Because listen, I'm going to be honest with you. That attitude that you choose will determine how you'll get through your struggle. Does everybody understand me? You've watched it in others, haven't you? Who have taken the path of shaking their fist and they're miserable and 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 they just grow more miserable and even as they get through the problem, what, they're still miserable. In fact, if you were to talk to them, they don't even think they've gotten through the problem. You have a choice to make. And so he's saying here, choose, count it, count it all joy. Choose to be joyful in the midst of your suffering. And he's saying, well, where am I going to find that joy? Come on now, George, you don't know what's going on in my life. I mean, look, I, I got to choose a good attitude. How am I, I can fake my way through that one. You ever seen people who fake their way through it? They, you know, their life's miserable, they're hurting, but they're smiling. They got that big cheesy smile on their face, but you can see right through in their eyes that there's pain underneath it. Isn't that what we do in our culture especially? We teach people how to fake it, don't we? We teach people how to fake that, you know, how are you doing? Fine. Things weren't any more wonderful. I don't know what I'd do. How many of you heard people talk like that? And then you know that they're hurting. So he's not asking you to be joyful in a fake way. Listen to me. He's not asking you to be joyful in a fake way. Here's what he's saying. The joy that you and I are to have, what is he saying here? It comes with a confidence in God. The joy that you and I are to have in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of the suffering that we will endure, and let's be honest, we're going to endure suffering, isn't it? It's going to come with a confidence in God. Listen, Christian, listen to me for a moment. What separates you from an unbeliever is this fact. You have God. They don't. Everybody will go through the same type of struggles. Everybody will face the same type of situations. Everybody 
Everybody. There's nothing new under the sun. The enemy may be telling you you're the only one going through it, but let me be honest with you, you're not the only one going through it. Everybody goes through it. Everybody faces health issues. Everybody has family struggles. Everybody faces financial difficulties at some point. Everybody faces relational issues. Everybody. Everybody struggles. Struggles emotionally. Struggles with insecurities. Nothing is new under the sun. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're sitting here and you're thinking, man, I'm the only one going through this. Listen, you're not the only one. He'll tell you that. He will rob you of the joy. He'll rob you of the confidence you have in God. But what James is saying to us here is he's saying, look, you need to choose to find joy. And here's where your joy comes from. Your joy in the midst of it comes from a confidence that you have in God. He'll see you through it. He'll be there. He'll give you grace. He'll give you strength. He didn't promise He'll take it away. That's what we want, isn't it? We want Him to take it away. But see, God uses the struggles in our lives for another reason. We're going to see that in a moment. But the encouragement is, find your joy in the midst of your suffering, and here's where you find it. You find it with God. You find it with God. See, here, remember when I told you this before? I told you this before just several weeks ago. Struggles will do one of two things. They will either draw you to God or away from God. James is encouraging us to be drawn towards God. That even though it seems terrible, even though it seems horrendous, you've got to find your strength, you've got to find your joy in God. Now remember now, listen to, listen, listen to who he's talking to. He's talking to people that have seen relatives taken to the prison and killed for their faith. They have seen relatives tortured and endure punishment and humiliation, public and everything, for their faith. He's talking to them. And so when he's talking to them, see, I don't think anybody here is facing that kind of thing right now. But he's talking to them and saying, look, find your joy in Jesus. Find your joy in the confidence that you have in God. And that's the encouragement. But then he goes on and he tells us the results of suffering. Here's what suffering does in our lives. Here's what happens when suffering takes place. Look with me, verse 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Here's several things I want you to see. First of all, suffering tests your faith. You know, it's one thing for all of us, it's even one thing for me to get up here and say, well, I believe this. I have faith in this. Well, you know what? That's nothing. Unless what I believe is tested to be shown valid. And here's what suffering will do. Suffering will come into your life because of the life we live in, and it will test you concerning what you truly believe about God. Does everybody understand me? Suffering and the difficulties will test you about what you truly believe about God. Now, here's a word of warning here, because here's what will happen. Sometimes... It's true. As human beings, we can be cruel to each other. You say, what do you mean by that, George? Here's what we'll do. We maybe have gone through the same type of circumstance that another person has gone through, but we didn't respond the way they did. Actually, we maybe came through it okay, but they're not doing too good, and we'll look at them and say, hey, what's the matter with you? Snap out of it. I got through that okay. You should be able to. Forgetting that suffering affects each person differently. And suffering, the purpose of suffering is what? To test your faith. 
And while you may have handled that one, you may not handle the next one okay. Because suffering is brought into our lives, allowed to come into our lives. God uses it to test what you truly believe. In fact, it happens, isn't it? We just talked about that, the different condition of the shallow heart. There's an excitement for Jesus, but when trials come, persecution comes, it really reveals what they really believe, doesn't it? Because then they just decide to what? Walk away from God. So here's what James is saying. James is saying, guys, it will test your faith. It will test what you truly believe. Think about it. Some of you are going through some things right now. Isn't it testing what you believe about God? Some of you are wrestling around with, God, do I really believe you can take care of this situation? Do I really believe you can help me with this? God, do I really believe? Isn't that true? Yeah. It tests us. And that's what we see happening there. It is a test. Now, here's what happens. As it tests us, here's what James says, it produces patience. You know, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that me, George, I'm finding that I'm beginning to respond to things differently as I get older. You ever notice that? When I was younger, the struggles and the suffering and the pain came. I didn't react the way I'm reacting now. It's like as I'm getting older, I'm becoming, I hate to say it, more patient now. Isn't that what happens? When you're younger, you think the world's upside down. How am I going to get through this? Ah! When you get older, you realize, man, just another thing. There'll be others. What does it do? Suffering, not only does it test your faith, but here's what God, God uses it and He, what James says, He uses it to produce within us patience. Patience towards life. Patience towards life. Because as you live, you begin to recognize the reality of the world you are living in and that suffering is a part of it and there's no sense reacting to it. You just know that you have to learn to endure it. In fact, that's what that word means. The word patience there means to bear under the load. To bear under the load. And we bear it. We learn to bear it in our lives. And so, he, you and I, we, we learn patience. And, you know, that, that's the greatest teacher of patience. is problems. Problems. So then he goes on and he tells us one more thing that it produces. Here's what it does. Notice what he says. Let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So suffering tests my faith. It produces patience. And here's what happens. As I become patient with the suffering, here's what it says. It matures you. You ever heard the statement, he's seasoned? What do we mean when we say that about a person? We're not just talking about that they're older. We're talking about that they have endured, that they have grown, that they have struggled in life and persevered, endured. So here's the thing. Struggles are a part of our lives. James is coming alert. says, look, choose your attitude. Choose to have joy and confidence in God because recognize that as it comes, it's going to test what you believe. And as it tests what you believe, it's going to create in you a patience. And as that patience begins to work in your life, you're going to find that you are going to become more and more mature. You're not going to be foolhardy. But you're going to find that it's going to strengthen you. 
In fact, when you realize that, then you understand. Remember, I think it was last week I shared the statement from A.W. Tozer that before a God can use a man greatly, he must hurt him deeply. When you begin to recognize the, the economy of God, that God will test your faith through suffering, and that suffering produces patience in your life, and that patience then produces maturity, you begin to understand what Tozer is saying. Because unless your faith is tested, unless there is a patience there, unless there is a maturity there, you can't be used of God greatly. And suffering is the key to really ministering, to reaching out, because you're maturing. And notice what he says. He describes that maturity as being what? Perfect. Perfection comes through trials. It's almost the picture of, you know, you know how they do with, with gold. You probably have heard many pastors talk about how, how they refine gold as they heat it up, and the hotter they get, the more the impurities are, are burned out of it. And then ultimately the, the goldsmith knows that it's done when he can see his own reflection in the gold. And many commentators have said that God uses trials and struggles and, and the pains of life in our lives to refine us so that when he sees his reflection, whose reflection? Jesus' reflection in our lives. Then we know that we've come to maturity. That's the results of suffering. But you're saying, no, wait a minute, George, I thought we were going to talk about wisdom. Because that's what I need right now is wisdom. How am I going to get through it? Okay, great, I understand what's going to happen and, and how God's going to use it, but how's that going to help me now? Well, notice what he says. Because he says that when God brings you to that maturity, you're not going to lack anything. But then he goes on in verse 5 and he says this. Look at what he says. If any of you lacks wisdom. Let me ask you, how many of you are lacking wisdom right now? I got my hand up. Notice what he says. Let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of a sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all of his ways. Here's the first thing I want you to see. And here's the point. Here's what he's saying. Wisdom is available to all. James is saying, okay, this is what God does. He takes those trials, those struggles of every type, he produces in us patience, which produces maturity to the point where we lack nothing. But if right now you're lacking and you're lacking wisdom, he says, look, you go and ask for it. You go to God and you say, God, I need your wisdom right now. And here's what he says, the wonderful thing about God. Here's the confidence. The confidence is not in my asking. The confidence is in the one who gives it. And notice what he says. He gives liberally. What does that mean? That's like at Christmas time. Remember, every Christmas you hear about some guy that shows up and he's handing out $100 bills everywhere to anybody. He's just letting them float around. God gives liberally. He's not holding back. That's the point. God doesn't hold back. Some of us think God holds back on us, don't we? God's not holding back on you. If you need wisdom in the midst of the stuff that you're going through right now, you've got to ask Him and know that He's going to give it to you. It's available. Don't sit there and say, Oh my, how am I going to get through this? I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Look, don't sit there and wonder and worry about that. 
You need to sit there and pray and say, God, I need your wisdom. It's available. It's available. He didn't promise to take away your problem, but he did say, I'll give you wisdom. You hear what I'm saying? He did say, I'll give you wisdom. So wisdom is available. It's available. What's the next thing I need you to see? Faith is the key. Faith is the key. Here's what he's saying. Notice what he says there. But let him, verse 6, ask in faith with no doubting. The key to God giving you the wisdom is faith. Now let me just stop for a moment. Last week I was... I'm an insomniac. Let me just go ahead and tell you that. I don't sleep well at night. I'm a light sleeper. And ever since we had kids, I have never been able to have a good solid night's sleep. Ever. Let's see, Madison's 12 now. So in the last 12 years, I've not had a good solid night's sleep. And so a lot of times, usually about 2 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the morning, I'll get up and I'll start thinking. I'll start praying. And for some reason, I was woken up at 4 o'clock in the morning and this came to my mind. It was a definition of faith. And let me share with you. Here's what faith is. Faith is a belief in, a trust in, and a commitment to the revealed Word of God in spite of obstacles, hindrances, and circumstances that seem otherwise. You say, man, you're really awake if you're thinking that at 4 o'clock in the morning. But listen to what it says. And then think about the guys in the Bible. Faith is a belief in, a trust in, and a commitment to the revealed Word of God in spite of obstacles, hindrances, and circumstances that seem otherwise. Isn't that what Abraham did? For 25 years, how could somebody go for 25 years being promised he's going to have a child? Wait for 25 years. Because he trusted in, was committed to the revealed Word of God, even though the circumstances seemed otherwise. I say, now what does that got to do with me and faith? See, that faith, that commitment to, that belief in, that trust in, to His Word, His revealed Word to you, even in spite of what you're going through right now, is the key to you receiving what? Wisdom. Because notice what He says there. This is key. Listen, this is key. He says, With no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all of his ways. Listen, the reason why maybe you're not receiving the wisdom you need in the midst of your struggle is because you're not committed to trusting in God's revealed Word to you. You're looking at the circumstances around you. And they've become greater than God. And you need to hold on in faith that what He says and what He'll do is true, even in spite of what else is going on. That's faith. The key is faith. See, remember what I said? Struggles, suffering, problems will reveal what you believe about God? It will. It will really reveal if you truly trust and are committed to Him versus whether it's just a a brief thing, a half-hearted thing. That's what He's saying. Here's some thoughts for you as you Try to digest this for your life. Kind of as we wrap it up, let's bring it down to a point where we can understand it and get some application. 
First thing I want you to think about is this. How do you react to suffering in your life? How do you react to suffering? Does everybody understand me? Everybody, look, look, listen to, look, look at me. Everybody, eyes, give me your eyes. Does everybody understand that it is a part of our life? Everybody, nod your head. Everybody understand that? Okay. The issue is, how are you going to react to it? Because it's a part of our life. That's the question. That's what's going on here. The issue is, how are you going to react to it? James is saying that you need to find joy in the midst of it. You need to understand, James is saying, how God is going to use it in your life. James is saying, if you're lacking something, ask Him and He'll help you. He'll give you wisdom. How are you going to respond? In fact, you know, as I get older and as I minister longer, I I really... It doesn't matter what you say to me about the maturity of your life. What speaks louder than your words is your actions during the midst of your struggles. You hear what I said? It doesn't matter to me about the maturity of your life, what you say about your walk with Jesus. Does everybody understand me? Because words are cheap. Words are nothing. What reveals the reality of what you believe is how you handle and how you go through The stuff life throws at you. That says everything about what you believe about your God. So this question is an important question. How do you react to suffering? So here, here's the implication. Choose to find joy in your suffering. And I'm not talking fake it. See, you can have joy and still cry. You can have joy and still grieve and hurt. But so much of us, we're told to fake it, aren't we? Get a stiff upper lip. That's not healthy. My friends, that's not healthy to your life. That is not healthy for you to bury it. We're not talking about burying it. We're talking about finding joy in the midst of it. Because your confidence and your strength is in the one that you love. You know, listen. I shared with you last week about my dad. That was 22 years ago. Listen, I can tell you right now. I still miss my daddy. And there are times when special things happen in our the Cannon household that I wish, like when my children were born, that I could have brought my child to my dad. So the pain and the loss is still there. It will always be there till I go to be with Jesus. Does everybody understand me? The pain and the loss is still there. But in the midst of the pain and the loss, I can still find my joy in God. And it's a choice that I have to make. Or I could choose to brood about it. I could choose to be angry. I could be choose to upset that somebody robbed him of his life. But it's a choice. Choose to find joy in the midst of your struggle. Some of you right now, you're going through something. You're really hurting. You're struggling. And you're saying, this seems so far from me. How in the world could I ever find it? Listen, you find it in God. And you go to Him. And finally... Recognize that your faith is the key. Recognize it is your commitment to Him. It is your trust in Him. It is your belief in what He has shown you through His Word. In spite of obstacles, in spite of the hindrances, in spite of the circumstances that seem so crazy and out of this world that there's no way anybody could do it. You're right, nobody could probably do it, but God can get you through it. Your faith is the key. Listen, suffering is going to be a part of our lives. 
It's a question of how we're going to live with it. And your faith is the key to getting you through it. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.